Today on Hold the Middle, we watched the last 10 minutes of the Humanity Bureau. No, and, the first 10 minutes. Oh, God. Today on Hold the Middle, we watched the first 10 minutes of the dystopian thriller, The Humanity Bureau. We're two busy dads who don't have time to watch the whole movie. So we watch just the beginning and end of a movie, then try our best to fill in the gap. I'm Dan. I'm Steven. And, and this, this is Hold the Middle. All right, Stephen, you watch the Humanity Bureau. Uh, <laughs> but before we get to that, I want to address the uh, the elephant in the room. Why is Paul Giamatti doing Verizon commercials as Scrooge? I've seen that commercial probably two dozen times now. I don't. I don't get it. I don't understand. Why they don't, why she doesn't call him Paul at least once in the commercial so people know it's Paul Giamatti? I don't know. He's a successful actor, right? Like, he is. Did he win an Academy Award? I was going to look that up before this and I never got around to it. I know he was nominated for Sideways and I don't remember. At least nominated. Yeah. This is just bizarre. Like, the first time I saw it, I was like, and I think that I'm a bit more clued in to movies and celebrities, maybe than the average person. I thought, is this Paul Giamatti? Surely they're going to let me know at some point during this commercial if that's Paul Giamatti. And then they never did. And I was like, this is really weird. Has he fallen that far? It does seem like an odd career choice for him. Yeah, because Um, he's not playing himself. He's just playing Scrooge in a 30-second commercial. Yeah, and the average viewer would probably just think, oh, this is a commercial actor playing Scrooge. Right. It doesn't matter who this guy is. It's just Scrooge. Yeah. I don't know why Verizon would even waste the money on paying a well-known actor. A very good question. They could just get anybody. A very good question. Why did it have to be Paul Giamatti? I don't know if we'll ever get the answer to that. We might not. This uh, this episode is really going to date itself <laughs> because That's true. of this conversation. Because in like three weeks, they're not going to be playing that commercial ever again. Uh, anyway, uh, okay. So we watched the first ten minutes of Humanity Bureau. What are oh, your? Hold on, uh, before we get to that. Okay, I have a little nugget about Arsenal, which okay. uh, was episode two of Hold the Middle. It was episodes three and four. I'm sorry, three and four. <laughs> Movie number two. Right. In um, Arsenal, remember, Nicolas Cage played a character named Eddie King, right? Yeah. Okay. Apparently, and I have on, on good authority, that was a reprisal of that character. Really? From what? He was in a movie called, I think it was called Deadfall, back in the 90s, where he played the same Eddie King. Wow. And he, um, I've never seen the movie, but from what I hear, he dies at the end of Deadfall. Really bizarre. Is it just a coincidence? How could he die in the in two movies? I think they found a way to bring him back for Arsenal. So maybe there was some time travel involved. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Maybe we'll have to watch this Deadfall movie for a, in a later season. 
I'm surprised that for it was Nick Cage in the 90s and we've never heard of it. There are so many Nicolas Cage movies. Like even us being Nicolas Cage fans, you'd think we would know them all, but there's just so many of them. Yeah. Yeah, see, I don't credits. Uh, while I'm really enjoying this podcast and this uh theme, I don't I wouldn't say I'm a Nick Cage super fan, but I do enjoy his movies and I enjoy him. I do as well. I would put myself in that same boat. Yeah. I don't know if I'm a super fan of anyone. And Deadfall was directed by his brother, Christopher Coppola. I think it's his brother. Very odd. Is it? Is there, there's no chance it was just the same character name? It was the same character? Because I don't remember at the beginning seeing anything in the credits that said, based on you know characters created by someone else yeah i'm hearing it's the same character uh i could hmm. be wrong maybe we need to do a deeper dive in the next episode but i think was we didn't see him but i think christopher coppola was in arsenal too mm, i don't remember there, there are connections between these two movies interesting i will uh I, i'm i want to look more of this up so yeah we'll definitely get to the bottom of this well have you ever seen christopher coppola I don't think so. If I have, I don't remember. Yeah, I like his IMDb picture. <laughs> Looks nothing like Nick Cage. All right, we're and just he's we're, his brother. We're, we're stalling. Yeah, we're stalling because we don't want to talk about the humanity bureau. Actually, I think of all the movies we've watched so far. So this is our fourth movie. If this is your first time listening, we've li we've watched Pay the Ghost and Arsenal and Primal, and now we're on to the Humanity Bureau, which was uh, a I believe a 2017 movie. Um, this was probably the one that I thought was most kind of bonkers and out there and silly. I laughed the most during this one for sure. Okay. Uh, I don't think I, I don't think I did as much. I actually so far. And I think at the end of the season, we'll have our like top five list or whatever, but so far, Primal is the one that made me laugh the most. I thought Primal was the one that was most like a real movie, like a legit, this maybe could have been. No, no, no. Well, that might not be true. The end of it was pretty bonkers. The beginning, though, the beginning seemed like just a real, legit movie. Yeah. I just like the way Nick Cage was talking in it. <laughs> Although he was great in Arsenal, too. He was good in Arsenal. Uh, I do have some notes for the Humanity Bureau. Let's let's um, start. Why don't we Why don't we start at the beginning? Go ahead and uh, get us started. Well, uh, first of all, it, it was um, there's some debate on when it was released because it says 2017 on IMDb, but it was actually released in 2018. Hmm. Um, it was a it's a Canadian movie filmed in Canada. Uh, released by Minds Eye Entertainment, and if you ever yes. look them up, Dan, they have done like over fifty or sixty movies in really? the last twenty years. I didn't get and, I didn't get time. I wanted to do that. I wanted to see what else they'd done. And yeah, it's chance. I guess it's a Canadian company. And they just do a ton of low budget movies, but they get these big name actors like Nicolas Cage, Bruce Willis, John Cusack is in a bunch of them. I think it's a lot of the same directors and writers too. Right, probably. 
Uh, it had a budget of six million dollars. Whoa, that's uh, that's nothing to sneeze at. That's pretty sizable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was rated R, and it had a runtime of an hour and thirty-four minutes. Right, right in your sweet spot. Yeah, I love those ninety-minute movies. Uh, so, so we we start out we start out with the Mind's Eye Entertainment, and another one I think it was Bridge Park. Don't quote me on that. Something, something I'd never heard of before. And I thought on the second, I thought that I would go back and see what else they'd done. I just never got a chance. And then Did we you, get a message. Go ahead. I was going to say, are you familiar with any of the cast, the supporting cast? No, no one that I saw in the first 10. Mm -mm. Are okay. you? Uh, I recognized one, Hugh Dillon, who we see at the end of the 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. Um you know, the bald guy that's talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His, his uh, partner. He plays the sheriff in Yellowstone. Oh, I've never seen Yellowstone. Oh, okay. He's the only one I recognized. Okay. So he's... Never heard of the director. He impressed someone with his work on Humanity Bureau and then got to be in like the number one show on television. Yeah, got that job on Yellowstone. Yeah. Maybe Kevin Costner is a fan of Humanity Bureau. Did you have any thoughts on the title before you got into the movie? When we first discussed doing this podcast, this was one of the top two titles that jumped out at me. That I was like, let's do these two first. And we ended up saving this one. Um, but yeah, I think it sounds crazy. I, I wanted to learn more. I wanted yeah. to learn about the Humanity Bureau. It is an interesting title for a movie. It is. Uh, I tried to figure out what it means. Like humanity is like the human race, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Paris a bureau too. is like a department. Could be a dresser drawer too. It could be a chest of drawers. So <laughs> it's either human race chest of drawers or human race department. It's probably the latter. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Okay. Let's get into the first 10 minutes. Let's get into it. So we're... We get the, you know, opening production company titles, and then we get some classic dystopian movie, uh, you know, text at the beginning telling us about what's going on in the world. And uh, the year is 2030. There's been uh, climate change, famine, great migration, the civil war. Things are not going well. And the government has granted one agency power to separate citizens who are a burden to the system because there's no food production. And that agency is known as the Humanity Chest. The Humanity Bureau. I was oh, trying the to Humanity say Bureau. Time as you know. <laughs> Let's try that again. Okay. Say that agency. That agency was known as the Humanity Bureau. The Humanity Bureau. Bureau. No, not going to work. <laughs> There was so much text at the beginning of this movie, <laughs> there was. right? Like the first minute you're just reading text. Yeah. It's a lot. And I, I'm always in the, in the camp that says if you have to put text at the beginning of a movie, like so much expositional text. Yeah. Uh, the script just isn't very good. I think we get, this is not even the only exposition we get in the first 10 minutes. There's quite a bit. There is. Yeah. Although, so, go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll give Star Wars a pass. Uh, I know Star Wars does the text scrolls at the beginning. That's, that's true. But 
But there, there was a lot going on in between those movies that they had to catch people up on. You know, even the first yeah. one was supposed to be episode four, although I don't think in the when it came out it was episode four. It was just Star Wars A New Hope. This movie Either. is saying... This is not Star Wars. No. What, what, what year is this movie? 2030. So between now and 2030, we're going to have climate change. Well, we, I guess we do. Uh, famine. Economic catastrophe. The Great Migration, whatever the heck that is. Yeah. And Civil War. Yeah, that's a lot that's to a happen lot. in like 13 wow. years. Yeah, that's scary. I've, I've got so many questions about this stuff. I mean, they, so the next thing we see is someone's driving down the road through like the desert or something or the deserted road in the, you know, probably it looks like it's probably Nevada or it is Nevada. And uh, they're driving in El Camino, which it's 2030. Right. Not many El Caminos are on the road now or in 2017. Somehow an El Camino has survived to 2030 throughout all of this stuff. Did what was so special about the El Camino that it survived this madness? Is it known as a car that survives? Not that I know of. No, I don't know. It's weird. And what we will find out later is it's not just his car. It's the agency's car. It says the Humanity Bureau on the side. So the yeah. government has purchased this car and, and turned it into a, a, an agency vehicle. So I don't know. It's weird. I just thought that was bizarre. Like of this all the things you could vehicle. choose. Yeah. It could, why wouldn't it be a car that came out in like 2017, right before the world fell apart? Like a Camry or something. <laughs> okay. So what's next? Well, you mentioned the car and Nicholas Cage is the one driving the car. He is. Uh, we find out right away his name is Noah Cross. Yeah. Because he is leaving like a message on this device that's in his car. Right. I had to, this was the first part that made me laugh out loud. I had to pause it when they first showed him driving because it uh-huh. looked like a scene from Toonses. It was like obviously <laughs> green screen and he's just sitting there driving and he's doing this typical thing that you see in movies and TV where the person driving is shaking the steering wheel back and forth, even though he's driving down a straight road for some reason, it has to be going back and forth. And it just looked utterly ridiculous. And I literally, I stopped and laughed just at this part. And I tried to take a screenshot but it wouldn't let me Amazon prime <laughs> blockers. It did look pretty bad. So yeah, he's agent Noah cross with a K with cross a K with a K. And how does Nicholas cage look? He looks, uh, kind of like Elvis. Yeah. He's got long sideburns. Yeah. Clean shaven, clean shaven, long sideburns, hair kind of poofy. Yeah. He, he looks like he's doing a, an Elvis impression. I don't love clean shaven Nicholas Cage. I prefer <laughs> a little bit of scruff on his a face, stubble. even a full beard. Yeah. Yeah. You really see his age when he's clean shaven. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. But That's, he doesn't look bad. He looks he pretty good. Bad. He just doesn't look, uh, it's hard to take him seriously in this look. I wonder if it's a requirement of the humanity bureau that all agents uh, are clean shaven. Could be, could be. That yeah, that I mean maybe his only 
option for facial hair was a mustache. And then it, he yeah. would look too much like he did in Arsenal. <laughs> uh, we get a terrible CGI drone that pulls up beside of him and tell him, it tells him, uh, you know, you're on your way out of the protected security perimeter of new America. And, uh, and then he starts recording a message on his phone. That's also pretty bad CGI that's sitting on his uh, passenger seat. And we find out that he's visiting a Chester Hill and deporting him. I didn't really know what was going on. <laughs> it's hard. It's, it's not easy to understand exactly what's happening. Yeah. He's got a, he's got to visit someone who needs to be deported to new Eden, whatever new Eden is. And Noah Cross lives in New America. Yes. Okay. And so they don't really Chester they don't really get go? into the distinction of New Eden and New New America. This is kind well, of a I mystery. think New Eden is where they deport people to. So you think it's outside of America? It's outside of New America. New outside of New America. But this guy, what's what's also bizarre is he's already outside of New America because just to go see him, Cage got a message from the zone that he's leaving New America. He's leaving the security perimeter of New America. He's now in an unprotected space. So why would they care about what's going on outside of the security perimeter of New America? I don't know. I don't really understand. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, this is one of those situations where it now. Helps. Did they mention that? Uh, oh, I kind of assumed it was Vegas, but I'm not sure if they said. It's somewhere it's in just, Nevada. Looks like people living in squalor. Definitely, definitely squalor. A lot yeah. of squalor. A lot of squalor. So he pulls up to a motel, a total dump. And he's, for one thing, he drives over a tumbleweed. <laughs> going through the parking lot. You have lot. a scene in the desert, you got to have a tumbleweed. Got to have a tumbleweed. It's just, it's just rolling along through the parking lot and he drives right over it. And I don't think it's CGI. It's a practical effect. And he's got some weird grill on the front of his car that looks like something you would use to mow down uh, enemies in a, in a, like something Mad Max might have on the front of his car, but it's only got three bars on it. It's really weird. So I don't know. I figured this was some sort of a apocalyptic car. And it's not just some normal El Camino. This is a, this is a, a, improved El Camino for post-apocalyptic times. <laughs> okay. And so have we talked? Okay. So he's at the, mo he's at a motel. Uh, there's a bunch of people in there. They look like, they practically look like homeless people. Yeah. And watching TV. Watching TV. There's actually like a commercial for New Eden on TV. Yeah. And it kind of makes it look like this paradise type place. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing it's not going to be I'm paradise. guessing it's not. Yeah. Right. And uh, Noah goes to the clerk and he's asking where Chester is. The clerk obviously wants nothing to do with Noah. I get the sense that people don't like the, the, the Humanity Bureau. Like, you know, they're just viewed as the cops. Yeah. But it's so weird. This is another one of those weird interactions that I, I can't tell if it's poorly written or if it's something like a Philip K. Dick novel or movie where everyone is suspicious. When he first says, I'm here to see Chester Hills, I'm with the Humanity Bureau, the guy just ignores him and stares out into space. Mm -hmm. I'm like, is he 
hi, what's going on? But then after that, when he gets his attention, the guy's like kind of helpful. And he tries to sell him some water. And then he tells him, this is another bizarre part of the movie. <laughs> he tells him when you, when you go up to see him, there's a loose board on the steps. Don't trip. And then he walks up the stairs and he doesn't trip. He doesn't even pay any attention to the loose board. It, nothing happens. After he said, don't trip, as Noah exits, the guy whispers, or do. <laughs> but then they don't address anything about the step. They don't show a loose board. No. They, he doesn't trip. He doesn't look and stop and take his time. It's why. What was the purpose of having him say that? I don't know. I don't know. So weird. They also said that it's a felony or Noah didn't buy the bottle of water because it's a felony to sell clean water. Yes. Unless you're licensed to sell clean water. Uh, it's a felony to sell uh, clean water without a license. Man, I'm glad I don't live in uh, 2030. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, he, he goes up, he doesn't trip on the step and he uh, goes in to see Chester Hills, 73 years old. And he's imploring upon him that he needs to be a productive citizen and move to New Eden or else they're going to arrest him, which I also thought was a odd choice for this movie. I would think that the consequence of not being a productive citizen or going to New Eden would be death. But no, they're going to put him in jail. That doesn't sound very smart. And they mentioned the Humanity Act. The Humanity Act, yes. Yeah, I think the law to be a pr productive citizen, that's part of the Humanity Act. Right. And he is the Humanity Bureau who enforces the Humanity Act. So I, I recognize Chester Hill. Oh, you're from what? Uh, have you seen that show Peacemaker on HBO? I haven't. What? If it's anything that came out in like the last three years, there's a good chance I haven't seen oh, it. Oh, it's so good. Your kids would love it. Really? I'm joking. It's not okay. for kids at all. <laughs> it's like the most rated R superhero show. Okay. Uh, but uh, Chester Hill plays like uh, like an old grumpy neighbor in that movie. Ah. So he's or kind of typecast. TV show. Again, maybe somebody saw him in this and thought, perfect old grumpy neighbor. Apparently, he's a this guy's a well-known Canadian um, theater actor. Yeah. Nice. There's a, a lot of Canadian actors in these mind's eye movies. Hmm. Well, if it's shot in Canada, produced yeah. in Canada, that would make sense. Uh, so Chester says, you know, after he gets the, uh, after he gets all the information from, from Noah, that he's not a fool. He knows the truth. Um, obviously when you say something like that, I know the truth about what's going on. Someone's going to go, what are you talking about? But when he says, what are you talking about? He's like, ah, I don't want to talk about it. And he walks away. <laughs> he goes into his bedroom. Yep. Uh, he gets a shotgun yeah. from his bedroom. And he starts like ranting about how he's a citizen of the USA. And it cuts to a photo of him dining with Donald Trump at the White House. Right. Yeah. And he talks about how much he loved this dinner at the White House. It was good. It was good food. <laughs> it's a good a good dinner. Yeah. And uh, he blasts the shotgun through the bedroom door, assuming that he's just killed Noah Cross. Yeah. But um, 
Noah must have known something was up because Chester opens the door. No Nicolas Cage to be found. Uh, the clerk appears at the front door of the motel room and like immediately gets shot and killed by Chester. Yeah. And then Noah pops up from behind the couch and shoots Chester three times. Yeah. Two times in the chest and then one time between the eyes. Yep. And that's the end of Chester Hill. Yeah. So now uh, some people are gathering in the parking lot. Noah gets out of there. And uh, I think the next scene we're in his apartment or what appears to be his apartment. And he's meeting with a coworker and uh, his co-worker is a guy named Adam Westinghouse, which I don't think they say his name, but on Amazon, you know how sometimes when you tap the screen, it shows oh, you yeah. who's a, who's in the scene. It's uh, Hugh Dillon. That's the guy you said is on uh, Yellowstone, right? This is the guy that's in Yellowstone. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we learned from them at this point that Chester had been the governor of Colorado, which is, that explains why he was having uh, a meal with Donald Trump at the White House. And uh, Noah's going to get a promotion because he shot Chester between the eyes. They, someone was impressed with that shot. And I guess if, you, if you've got really good aim, you get a promotion. They didn't say what to, though. Yeah, that, I found that kind of interesting because his mission was to get Chester or deport Chester to New Eden, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. His mission or went arrest completely him. off the rails. Or arrest him. Or arrest him. Yeah, no mention. His of mission killing. went completely off the rails. Two people ended up dead. Right. And he could get a promotion. Yeah. I don't know how you that earned you a promotion. I mean, that's like being a um like a surgeon and the patient dying and then getting a promotion. Yeah. Well, we might find out later on that they are more interested in killing people than moving them to New Eden or arresting them. Could be. I mean I'm under the impression the Humanity Bureau is going to be some sort of nefarious organization when it's all said and done. But maybe they can't just kill people outright. They need a reason to kill someone. First. Yes. So we get some uh, more exposition here from um, from Noah's partner or coworker, Adam, that people are desperate. There's no clean water. Kids are drinking their own pee. There's no fish left in the oceans. That's that I thought was interesting. Zero fish left in the oceans. In all of the ocean, whatever happened, it killed all the fish. Yet humans survive. Yeah, that's crazy. And speaking of fish, Noah in this scene is holding a fishing pole. Yes. And casting it in his apartment. Really going to town on that fishing pole while he's in yeah. there. He this like is... lands the uh he lands the hook in like a glass vase yep and then later on he cast it and it um sticks to a a monet painting that's in his apartment yep very odd he's not this is not the first time he's practiced with that fishing pole in his apartment this is going to play a a pretty big role i think in the last 10 minutes we're going to get some sort of resolution where noah is happy he's at peace and I bet you he's going to go fishing. Yeah, I kind of got that. We, we also get some some uh, some talk about how Noah's mom, when he was young, used to take him to uh, Jackfish Lake in Canada. And he says, it's still there. And his friend poo-poos him and says, no, it's not there. It's radiation contaminate everything. 
I'm not very trusting right now of his colleague. I think no, he's me neither. A, a bad me guy. neither. Yeah, he says it's all desert up there. Yeah, and then he says that's restricted information. So if Chester knows the truth, I think that this guy Adam also knows the truth, and Noah is not clued in. Noah is just a guy who's out doing what he was told, and he is he is not privy to this information that maybe there is. Uh, life outside of new America. And what do you think the truth is? I think the truth is going to be that maybe new America is more like a North Korean state uh, where people aren't allowed to live and know that good things are happening elsewhere in the world. They're more like prisoners of new America. Yeah. I think new Eden is a bad place. Yes. I think the humanity bureau are bad people and we do get a, a idea that noah is a humane person because he says he feels bad about two people being dead yeah um so i think he's going to turn he's going to learn the truth and turn on the bureau mm-hmm. and then it, this guy his friend adam is going to be tasked with taking down noah sounds right to me Definitely plausible. Did you I notice think we're that, spot on with this movie? Yeah. Did you notice that uh, Noah seems to be a collector of things that you might not be able to use anymore? He's got, or, or now considered maybe worthless. He's got no, the Monet. I remember the Monet painting, but I don't remember. He's got the Monet. Monet. He's got a fishing pole that you can't use because there's no fish anywhere in the world. He's got a dirt bike. Uh, he's got a big telescope. Um, and he had a number of other things that were all scattered around. It looked like maybe as he's been out on his adventures, he's found these things that were valuable to, to humanity 20 years ago, but are now not worth anything, but they've got sentimental value to him. So he brings them back and collects them like an antique dealer would, but he's got a dirt bike right there in his apartment. Hmm. That's nice attention to detail, Dan. Yeah. They should have had him take something from Chester Hill's motel room. Yes, that would have been great. That would that would have been a nice touch. Not the plate full of maggots. I don't know. No, that was odd. Also, he doesn't want to leave, but he's got moldy bread and maggots and all sorts of other critters in his apartment. Disgusting. Yeah, it was so gross. Um, Um, Any other predictions? No, I mean, I just wondered. This is the that was basically the end of the ten minutes. They the next scene starts. A little slow country song is playing while Noah's driving out into the middle of nowhere, and it looks like he's going to visit a woman. I don't think we see her. That's another one of those Amazon things. I think when I paused, it showed that a woman, Rachel Weller, played by Sarah Lind, mm-hmm. was going to be in the next scene, but I don't think we ever got a peek at her. And that was the yeah. End of the and 10 actually, minutes. the next or the top build cast after Nicolas Cage is Sarah Lynn. And then there's a, I guess it's like a teenager, a teenage boy. Hmm. Uh, so maybe she has a son and this is, this is um, Noah Cross's next assignment. Maybe. Yes. This all sounds very logical. And now and he, maybe he's going to fall in love and become a surrogate father to this boy. And he has to save them. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, meanwhile, so he has to get them to safe safety. Meanwhile, this Adam character is leading a team to take them out. Yes. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's a scene late in the movie 
where Hugh Dillon says the line with a gun in his hand, you've left me no choice, Noah. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> I, I will totally agree with that. I can absolutely see that coming. Yes. And I think you alluded to this. I'll bet we, and we're going to see this because we're going to watch the last 10 minutes. I'll bet we end this movie at a lake with Noah and his new family fishing. Yeah, I think he's going to be teaching the boy how to fish. And maybe the boy is going to be like a complete idiot and doesn't even know what a fishing pole is. He's never seen yeah. one before. Yeah, and he's going to teach him how to cast. It's going to be a perfect cast. Uh, and that's the, yeah, I think that's it for the first 10 minutes. There's one thing I wanted to mention that we missed. There was two very odd mentions of people drinking their own piss. Yeah, there was. Kids, yeah, I wrote that down. Chester. Noah says something about children drinking their own piss. And then <laughs> Hugh or um, Adam says Chester Hill was a sad old man who probably drank his own piss. Do you think we're going to get a scene of someone drinking their own piss? I don't know. I don't, I hope not. Yeah. I don't know if we are. Maybe in the background of the scene. That would be pretty shocking, but those maggots and the bread and the other critters, that was pretty shocking. Yeah. So I do wonder if there's going to be hmm. more mentions of people drinking their own piss. <laughs> we might have to watch the whole thing and do a, a counter of how many times they <laughs> mentioned that. Uh, okay, good. Well, real quick before we wrap up, what are some of your favorite dystopian movies? Can you think of. Uh, any off the top of your head that you really liked? I don't really like any dystopian movies. No, I bet that you do. I bet I can name a couple that you liked. Um, what was the most recent Mad Max one? Oh, Fury Road? Fury Road was a lot of fun. Yeah. What about Interstellar? Would that. you put Interstellar in that category? Oh, I do you consider that a dystopian movie? Yeah. I, I consider mean, that humanity's dying. Humanity's dying. Yeah. I guess there's no a lot food. of between sci-fi and dystopian yeah i mean and one of the other ones i wrote down but i'm not 100 percent sure it would fall into that category was uh edge of tomorrow oh i love that movie yeah it's a great movie i don't know if i'd say it was dystopian but it is kind of uh a weird alternate you know future where things are not great and we're battling aliens i don't know the road was pretty good the new blade runner uh, Blade Runner 2049. I was just about to say that. Yeah. One of my favorite movies of whatever year that was that came out. The Hunger Games movies. I think it was four. I was going to say trilogy, but not, not great. But yeah, they'd fall into that. But there's, I mean, there's a lot of movies that are around the same, you know, dystopian theme that aren't good, you know? And I think Humanity Bureau falls into that category. Oh, I was going to ask you if you think it'll make into your top 10 top 10 for dystopian movies no i don't think so i mean i've got yeah. a list here of movies that i don't even it's not even coming close to those and some of these movies are bad movies like the postman with kevin costner is a really bad movie and i haven't seen anything in the humanity bureau that was better than what i saw in the postman oh that's not good <laughs> <laughs> all right well, good. This was fun. And I'm uh, I'm really looking forward to watching the last 10 minutes. In fact, I might do it as soon as we're done with this. Uh, yeah, me too. And for folks playing along, um, we're going to watch the last 10 minutes of the Humanity Bureau and we'll uh, you'll hear us talk about it on Thursday. Yeah. All right. Look forward to it and I will talk to you then. All right. See All right. You. Thanks, Stephen. Bye.
If you like this podcast, please tell your friends and find us on Instagram at Hold the Middle.